coming together to gather in the reading of the word. Um, we are in Psalm 60. If anybody uh, is coming on for the first time, this is what we call the read and rant. We read and then we rant. We read for about 20 to 30 minutes and then we reflect on the scriptures for 20 to 30 minutes. And so this is your daily eavesdrop. We're here every weekday morning and we also post this on the read and rant podcast. So if you if this is your first time, you're like, yo, we've been reading through the Bible and now we're all the way in the book of Psalms. Yeah, we've gone through the entire New Testament and now we've gone through the um, and now we're going through the Old Testament and we're in now the book of Psalms and we're in Psalm 60. So I want to encourage you to go ahead and download the Read and Rant podcast. It's free. You can download it. You can start catching up with super encouraged by all of you who have been journeying with me in this a few a thousand of you now are listening every day. So it's amazing seeing that, seeing the engagement, seeing um, your participation in what we're doing here. And so super encouraged by that. And I just want to encourage you to continue to engage because I believe that it is actually in the reading of scripture that true transformation comes when we just submit ourselves to reading scripture. And that's what we're here to do today. Um, I'm not here. I got nothing prepared, got nothing planned. Just want to spend a few moments with y'all in the reading of the word. So if you can go ahead and turn your Bibles to uh, Psalm chapter 60. Um, I want to first start off by saying I want to thank all my patrons, all of you who support. I know I, sh- I know I put a little poll out to ask you guys whether or not you're cool with me shouting out your names, but I just want to let you know that I pray for you guys on the regular and I love you guys very, very much for supporting what we do um, through Patreon. And if you're interested in learning more, just go to opusfair.com. Um, now, I want to go ahead and and I want to draw your attention to Psalm chapter 60. Psalm chapter 60, and it says this. Actually, no, before we read it, let's let's pray. Um, before we read it, we want to posture ourselves. Now, one thing that I've also said, and I want to make sure everybody's here, especially for those of you who are here for the first time, is when we read the word, we can read it from the perspective of a Bible study, where we're simply just studying the scripture. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. We, you, you know, it's important for us to study the word, um, but we also need to eat the word. And so... Eating the word is a meditation of scripture in which you're receiving grace through the activity of reading the word. And so the way we do that is to open ourselves up to hear what God has to say to us. And so we ask three questions. We ask God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? That's the first question we ask. The second question we ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning people? Right. And then the third question that we ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning me. What are you revealing concerning me? And so I want you to be praying this prayer and and, and meditating on those ideas as we meditate on the word of God. Father, I ask today, Lord, as we engage in your word, Father, I pray that um, you'd be blessed by this time. I pray that you would give us revelation, not just information, but revelation, Lord. Give us clarity, give us insight, give us perspective. Um, Father, Lord, reveal to us, Lord, what Lord, needs to be changed or reveal to us, Lord, in uh, the dimensions of our lives, Lord, that, that desperately are in need of transformation. Um, Father, I just pray that you would also exhort us, encourage us, build us up, Lord, to become who you intend us to be as we read your word. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go, y'all. Let's do it. Um, Psalm 60, and we're going to look at verse 1, and this is what it says. Oh God, you have cast us off. You have broken us down. 
you have been displeased. Oh, restore us again. You have made the earth tremble. You have broken it. Heal its breaches for its shaking. You have shown your people hard things. You have made us drink the wine of confusion. You have given a banner to those who fear you, that it may be displeased because of the truth, that your beloved may be delivered. Save your right hand and hear me. God has spoken in his holiness. I will rejoice. I will devise Shechem and measure out the valley of Succoth. Gilead is mine. Manasseh is mine. Ephraim also is the helmet of my head. Judah is my lawgiver. Moab is my washpot. Over Edom, I will cast my shoe. Philistia, shout in triumph because of me. Who will bring me to the strong city? Who will lead me to Edom? Is it not you, O God, who cast us off? And you, O God, who did not go out with our armies? Give us help from trouble. For the help of a man is useless. Through God we can do valiantly, for it is he who shall tread down our enemies. 61. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. For you, O God, have heard my vows, and you have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. You will prolong the king's life, his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. Oh, prepare mercy and truth, which may preserve him. So I will sing praise to your name forever, that I may daily perform my vows. I will daily perform my vows. 62. Truly, my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. He is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. How long will you attack a man? You shall be slain, all of you. I am a leaning wall and a tottering fence. They, will, they only consult to cast him down from his high position. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouths, but they curse inwardly. My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Surely men of low degree are a vapor. Men of a high degree are a lie. If they are weighed on the scales, they are altogether lighter than vapor. Do not trust in oppression, nor vainly hope in robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. God has spoken once, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God. Also to you, O Lord, belongs mercy, for you render to each one according to his work. 
Psalm 63. O God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus, I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied with, as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches, because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. My right hand upholds me. But those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lowest parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. Psalm 64. Hear my voice, O God, in my meditation. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret plots of the wicked, from the rebellion of the workers of iniquity, who sharpen their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, bitter words, <laughs> that they may shoot in secret at the blameless suddenly they shoot at him and do not fear. They encourage themselves in an evil manner. They talk of laying snares secretly. They say, who will see them? They devise iniquities. We have perfected a shrewd scheme. Both the inward thought and the heart of man are deep. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly they shall be wounded. So he will make them stumble over their own tongue. All who see them shall flee away. All men shall fear and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and trust in him, and the upright in heart shall glory. <laughs> Got some thoughts. <laughs> Psalm 65. Praise is awaiting you, O God, in Zion. And to you the vow shall be performed. O you who hear prayer, to you all flesh will come. Iniquities prevail against me. As for our transgressions, you will provide atonement for them. Blessed is the man you choose and cause to reproach you that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, of your holy temple, by awesome deeds and righteousness, you will answer us, O God of our salvation. You who are the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of the far off seas, who established the mountains by his strength, being clothed with power. Hmm. You who still the noise of the seas, the noise of the waves and the tumult of the peoples. They also who dwell in the farthest parts are afraid of your signs. You shall make the outgoings of the morning and evening rejoice. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God 
is full of water. Hmm. You provide their grain, for so you have prepared it. You water its ridges abundantly. You settle its furrows. You make it soft with showers. You bless its growth. You crown the year with your goodness. And your paths drip with abundance. They drop on the pasture of the wilderness and on the hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys are covered with grain. They shout for joy. They also sing. I'm going to stop here at 66. Make a joyful shout to God, all the earth. Sing out the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your works. Through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. All the earth shall worship you and sing praises to you. They shall sing praises to your name. Come and see the works of God. He is awesome in his doing toward the sons of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the river on foot. There we will rejoice in him. He rules by his power forever. His eyes observe the nations. Do not let the rebellious exalt themselves. So much there. Oh, bless our God, you peoples, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, who keeps our soul among the living and does not allow our feet to be moved. For you, O oh God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. You have brought us into the net. You have laid affliction on our backs. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. And you brought us out to the rich fulfillment. I will go into your house with burnt offerings. I will pay you my vows, which my lips have uttered. And my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. I will offer you burnt sacrifices of fat animals with the sweet aroma of your rams. I will offer bulls with goats. Come and hear all who fear God. And I will declare what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. But certainly God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God. Who has turned, who has not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Blessed be God, who has not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. There is no lack with God. There's no lack with God. God is abundant in all things, abundant in riches, abundant in joy, abundant in grace. If you are in Christ, you lack nothing. No, you lack nothing. You have an abundance. Jesus is your portion. Jesus is your portion. 
I have never heard of someone who said they gave their life to Jesus, who submitted their life to Christ and regretted it. I haven't met a person who said, I gave my life completely and totally to Jesus. And man, that was a big mistake. Never, never have I heard it. Now, I've heard people who've submitted their lives to church people or submitted their lives to church leaders. And in the end, they left with regret, abuse and everything else. But Jesus, no, 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 no. You never lack with Jesus. And so I'm beginning to realize that often the reason why many of us have experienced pain and regret for something that's a semblance of our faith is not because we trusted in Jesus, it's because we trusted in a person who Jesus was supposed to be in our lives. There is no lack with God. There, there is no lack with God. I, 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 I can't emphasize that enough as I'm reading this. I'm compelled by this reality that we lack nothing, nothing with God. Now, I know that this is um, a read and rant. It's not necessarily a Bible study. I'm not here to break down every part of the reading, but simply to give you an opportunity to eavesdrop on what the Lord is compelling me with the reality and the truth that he's compelling me with as I'm reading his word. And what I'm really reading into is this tendency that we have to ignore what God is doing, to ignore how God is working, to ignore what God has done and what God has accomplished when we're going through seasons of pain and trial and difficulty. Fam, it's easy to blame God when things aren't going your way. Easy. It's easy to blame God when life isn't going the way that you want it to go. It's easy to blame God when things aren't going your way. Yeah. God, why is this happening to me? God, why am I going through this? Easy to blame God. But is it just as easy to give God credit for when you're experiencing the joys of life? Often I find that people only give God responsibility for everything bad that is going on in their life. But they don't want to give God credit for the blessings. And yet that's what a life in total submission to Jesus Christ looks like. It's a some complete submission to God about what is happening in your life, what is transpiring in your life, to understand that God is doing a work, a good work, no matter what it is that we're going through, no matter what it is that we're dealing with. I'm only saying this because I'm reading this from the perspective of the person who was writing this to the people that this person was writing it to. I read these psalms of praise and and glory to god and this is actually coming from a people who are going through oppression pain suffering disenfranchisement all of it these people are singing these songs 
And I don't have time to go through the whole story of what has happened with the children of Israel up to this point. Go back, check the other reading rants, check them out on Patreon, whatever you got to do, go back and check those out. But for the moment, just, just, just want to point out to the reality that remember there, this is decades upon decades upon decades, generation after generation after generation of people who have learned to give God praise even in the midst of their suffering and even in the midst of their pain. Because what they've acknowledged is that their life is not theirs. It's a life of complete submission. I like how Psalm 66 ends when he says, come and hear all you who fear God. And I will declare what God has done for my soul. For my soul. What matters if God blesses our flesh and blesses our um, um, resources and, and blesses our businesses and blesses our bank accounts? What point is it? Can I say that one more time? What point is it for God to bless your bank account, bless your business, bless everything you got going on, and yet internally your life is falling apart? Internally you're depressed. Internally your soul is yearning for more. It's not a life that's blessed. Yeah, you can have a Ferrari and cry in it. Yet someone can have so much less and still be more blessed. The blessing is not in the possessions. The blessing has something to do with what's going deep down in your soul. Your soul. Stay with me, fam, because I'm going to get to my point. I'm not going to stay for long. I'm going to get to my point. Stay with me, fam. Because God is doing a work, even as I'm reading this, in me. I have to say that he's doing a work in me as I'm reading this. Remember, I told you this, the Psalms is the theology of the heart, the theology of the spirit, the theology of the soul. This is not a theology that, that is cerebral. It's a theology that's deeply emotional, deeply relational. It's a relational theology. And what he's saying here is he's saying, even though there's all this other stuff coming on, coming, happening around me. And yet he's still doing something for my soul. My soul, my soul, my soul, my soul, my soul. Psalm 65, as we've read it, acknowledges the power of God, the, the immense um, um, resource of God, the the resourcefulness of God, the God is not limited. He's got like, there's nothing God does not have. There's nothing God does not, cannot do. There's nothing God is not um, sovereign over. There's nothing God, like God is limitless. He's, he, he, he's limitless and he's abundant. And there's this abundant blessing in God. God is going back to what I was saying from the beginning. There is no lack. And God, God doesn't lack anything. God doesn't need anything. And yet everything comes from God. God is this unlimited resource. He's this unlimited. Um, when, you, when you tap into God, you're tapping into an unlimited resource. And yet often the resource that we chase is the resource of money, finances, relationships, business, all that other stuff, title, position, success, all that stuff. And yet there's a greater resource than that. That is a very small part of the resource because that is actually not truly what your soul yearns for. 
It's not truly what your soul desires. It's not truly what your soul wants. Isn't it funny how we're trying to fill our soul with things that simply satisfy our flesh? We're trying to fill our souls with money, sex, drugs, people. And yet all these things satisfy our flesh and we wonder why our soul is still starving and our soul is still hungry and our soul is dying because we're trying to feed our soul with something that our soul cannot receive. That's why there are those who somehow are successful and have all these things and yet they're still not good. That's why even those who've been burned or broken by the church, they leave the faith and, and, and they go and seek wisdom and insight and knowledge. And yet let's just be real. You're angry and you hate life and you're upset. You're broken and you've been trying to fix it and yet you can't fix it because you're trying to feed your soul is something that your soul does not digest. And this abundance of God, like this, this overflow of God, goes way beyond the resources that we all chase after. God is this limited, limited resource. Sorry, unlimited. Sorry, not limited. Unlimited resource. There's no limit with him. And that's why there's no lack with him. I'm going to, I'm sitting on this family. I'm going to sit on this because I'm, I'm being led by the spirit to really tap into this. And I want you to stick with me because I, as I'm ministering these words, as I'm being ministered to with these words, what I realize is pay very close attention because this is, this is going to be a wake up call for some of us here is, you know, the state of your soul. Sorry. You know the state of your spirit by the yearning of your soul. Say that one more time. I need somebody to hear this. This is so important. This is so critical. And it's a reminder for me. And I pray that it would be a reminder for you. You know the state of your spirit by the yearning and desire of your soul. If your soul isn't thirsty, if your soul isn't hungry, and the question is, is your spirit alive? It's the same way if you have a child that has absolutely no appetite, no desire to eat, no desire to do anything, you question that child's health and whether that child is okay. Because anything that's alive is thirsty. Anything that's alive is hungry. And if anything that's alive is hungry and thirsty, if there is no thirst and if there is no hunger, you question its health. The same applies to your soul. Are you thirsty for the unlimited resource of God? Because if you're not, you have to question whether or not your spirit is good. You have to question whether or not your soul is really thirsting after the right things. You have to question whether or not you're in a good place. 
I read this and I'm going through these chapters and I'm realizing as I'm reading these chapters, something keeps pointing out every time, pointing out every time, coming at me every time, coming at me every time. Psalm 63 verse 1, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Are we really thirsty, family? Like, think about this. If you're not thirsty for the unlimited resource and of God, is your spirit alive? I know, I know this, this is rough. I know I'm, I'm, I'm getting rough here, but this is all love family because this is what the Lord is convicting me of is you can measure the health of your spirit by the desire of your soul. Did you hear me, family? You can measure the health of your spirit by the desire of your soul. If your soul isn't thirsty, then your spirit might be dead. If your soul isn't hungry, then your spirit might be dead. And maybe your spirit died because you kept feeding or trying to feed your spirit with the flesh. No amount of sex, alcohol, drugs, money, title, accolades will fill your soul. You've been wondering why your soul keeps fading away because your soul hasn't been fed. Your soul hasn't been taken care of. Are you feeding your soul? Is your soul thirsty? Is your soul thirsty? Is, is your soul like, I, I'm, this is not, mind you, understand this, like this is not, this is not an indictment. This is not a question of, you know, because um, <laughs> I know sometimes people may say, well, you know, I think this person just feels like they're better and, and all that. No, no, no. This is an assessment. Like this is an assessment because, and, and I say this because this is a, not just a, an assessment of everyone here who's reading this. Remember, you guys are eavesdropping into my time in my reading of the word. This is what I do on the regular Right. This is what I do on the read. This is what I, this is how we even started the reading rant. We started the reading rant simply by allowing, you know, you guys just, just tap into what I do every morning. Okay. I, I, I invest the time, not just to know what the word is saying, but, but to, to be convinced, convinced and convicted of what God is saying in the moment that he's saying it. And I'm, and I'm reading and God is speaking something new and breathing something new. And, and as he's convicting me, he's sanctifying me because he's washing me with the word and he's convicting me today as he may be convicting some of us today. Be real. When's the last time did you thirst for him? When's the last time you thirsted for God? When's the last time you, 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 your soul was thirsty for him? 
It's not a sexy phrase. It's not a sexy word. It's not a sexy message. But it's necessary. Because it's one of the most important things that you need to know when assessing your walk. This is not a question of, am I doing the right thing? Am I chasing the right thing? Am I following the Bible the way I should be following it? Am I obeying the word? No, this is not what I'm talking about. It's deeper than that. This is a question of, where's your soul? Where's your desire? If this doesn't move you at all, then maybe we have to assess that and say, hmm, do I really desire him? Like, am I, am I really thirsty for him? Am I really thirsty for him? Like, am I, am I, do I really seek him in my life? Do, do I really seek him in my marriage? Like, am I, am I really? Because guys, your body, if your body is thirsty, guess what your body starts doing? It starts acting up. When your body is hungry, some of you guys, you, you can't, if you miss breakfast, by the time lunch comes, you're a different kind of person. Let's be real. Let's be real, y'all. If you, if you miss breakfast and you're waiting till lunch, some of y'all know what hangry looks like. You've seen that Snickers commercial. You're just hangry. You're angry. You act weird. You act funny. People know something ain't right. And people are wondering, is, is this person okay? Because your body needs food and your body's sitting there going, you need to put food in me because your body is alive. In the same way, is your spirit like that? Does your soul hunger in a way when it's not being fed that it just starts acting up? What if I told you that the reason why your spirit acts up is because your soul isn't being fed? What if, I'm just teaching right now, just teaching for a moment. What if, I'm just helping you out. What if the reason why sin is creeping up in your life is because your soul isn't being fed? What if the reason why those temptations that you, 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 you were okay with and that you felt like you were over are coming back? Maybe. It's because your soul hasn't been fed. Maybe your spirit is acting up because you haven't been feeding your soul. Uh, is, this, is this making any sense? Because I know some people right now are trying to modify their behavior. You're trying to think your way out of sin. Let's be real. Some of us are trying to modify our behaviors. Some of us are trying to think our way out of sin. Some of us are trying to will our way out of sin. We see all these sinful desires and we're like, man, God, take those things away. Take those thoughts out of my mind. Take those thoughts out of my mind. What if those desires are only creeping in because your soul isn't being fed? What if the problem isn't that, you know, somehow something's being implanted in your mind, but something's creeping out because your soul is not being fed? Maybe just a proposition. Maybe the reason why sin creeps back in our lives 
is because we haven't spent enough time feeding our souls. Maybe, I'm just throwing this out there. Maybe if we start seeking and panting after the waters. Have you ever noticed? I'm not, because remember, I'm trying to stay in this text. I don't want to bounce or I don't want to go all over the place in the text and the scriptures. But let's be real practical for a moment. Okay, let's be real practical. Have you ever noticed that when you're deep in prayer or when you're deep in a relationship with God, have you ever noticed sin just doesn't really, sin is not something that creeps up. Sin isn't something that you really struggle with. You're not really dealing with sin. Like sin is not an issue. You're not fighting sin. You're not fighting temptation. We actually weren't called to fight temptation. We're called to flee temptation. You ever notice that? That you're not really fighting anything. Like you're good. You're straight. Because your soul is being fed. You're in, you're, you're intimate with Christ. You're, you're in this deep, intimate relationship with God. You're experiencing the love, the grace, the unlimited resource of God. And you're tapping into it and you're tapping into it. And man, it's like you're just good with God. You're one with God. Like you're, you're present and he's present. And when God is present and you're present, your sin issues aren't really issues anymore. They're afterthoughts. They're just, they're not things you struggle with. I submit to you that all of our sin struggles come out of one of two things. All of our sin struggles, they come out of a lack of awareness. I call it ignorance. And people get offended when you say ignorant. Ignorant doesn't mean dumb. Ignorant just simply means you had a lack of information. Some of us just don't know who we are and don't know the authority that we have and don't know what we're called to. So because we don't know, we struggle with sin. Because somehow we've been devoid of that revelation and that information. But the other reason is because we're, we, just, we just haven't fed our souls. You guys know this already, and I've preached this over and over again, and I, I hope you guys catch this because this is so critically important, is when it's the grace of God, understand that now by the grace of God, we have been freed from sin. That means that if you sin right now, you go out, you sin right now, it does not discredit you from heaven and from being in the presence of God. Christ paid the price for all sin, past, present, and future. Sin is now not a matter of salvation in the way that we make it. Legalism tells you that you need to stop sinning in order to keep your place in heaven. Our place in heaven has been set aside by Jesus Christ and by Christ alone. Do you hear me? You do not need to stop sinning to keep your place in heaven. 
That's not what it is. And then, of course, the legalists are going to jump in and go, oh, look at this. This pastor is saying that, well, then you're allowed to keep sinning. No, because grace gives us the power over sin. You see the same grace and the same love of God transforms us. That changes our desire so that we don't desire to sin. Saying that you've been freed from your sins and that now sin is not, I am the God who sees your sins no more. Bible, Psalm 60, um, Psalm 64. I am the God who sees your sins no more. He has absolved you of your sins. You are not under the law. You are under grace. You cannot perform your way into heaven. This is not possible. Therefore, now, this is not a matter of you coming to God and saying, okay, I got to make sure um, God forgives me of all these sins that I committed just so I make sure I have my spot in heaven. That ain't what it's about. It's about relationship. Because there are people right now that are still trying and that are still trying to be righteous and trying to be, and trying to make sure they keep their place in heaven by obeying the law. And yet, unfortunately, heaven isn't for them either. For all the people who think, if I just follow the Bible really well, then I'll go to heaven. Heaven's not for those people either. You don't go to hell for your sins and you can't go to heaven for your sins. Bible. So then if that's the case, then I can just sin and I'll be good because sin is not. Yeah, because it's not a question of sin. You're fighting the wrong fight. You're having the wrong argument. The question is relationship. Are you in relationship with Christ? Because here's the thing, is when you are in relationship, then you hate sin. And your desires change. And you become now who God wants you to be. Not to go to heaven, but because of who you are. You, you, you don't now flee from temptation and from sin because... I got to make sure I keep my spot in heaven. No, you flee from temptation and you flee from sin because of who you are. And so when sin creeps in and I'm done, when sin begins to creep up in your life, it's it should be an alarm that you haven't spent enough time with Jesus. Did you? Did y'all? Did y'all hear that? I know people are saying right now it's controversial. I'm seeing the comments. It's controversial. It's controversial for the Pharisees, <laughs> not for Jesus, not for the scriptures. You know, I try to avoid. You know, um, I try to avoid getting into biblical back and forth with people on TikTok and on IG and all the, all the other platforms. I try to avoid it because, um, <laughs> you know, 
because it can be distracting from what we're actually what 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 we actually need to know and what we actually need to hear. But this is so critically important, family. You don't get into heaven by avoiding sin. You don't get into heaven because you you didn't you didn't sin, or because now you're sinning less, or because you're a better person. That's not why you get into heaven. Christ fulfilled that. We get into heaven because we know him. We get into heaven by relationship with him. And it's our relationship with them that then transforms us and transforms our desire that makes us into new creation and new creatures. Relationship has a way of changing you. The same way marriage has a way of changing you. The same way as um, a new partnership, a new friendship has a way of changing you. A relationship with Jesus Christ changes you. But we don't obey the law and obey the Bible to go to heaven. Christ fulfilled the law. Sin won't keep you from heaven. I'll I'll back that up. Your sin won't keep you from heaven. And avoiding your sin won't get you in. Christ gets you in. Nothing you do gets you in. Nothing. That's Bible. This is the paradigm shift. It's going to be a crazy day when all the law followers who knew a lot about the law and followed it as well as they could, even though they can't follow it perfectly, because if they commit one, they commit all Bible. And yet all the law followers, it's going to be a crazy day when all the law followers realize that they didn't receive Christ. They only tried to obey the law and now don't have access to an eternity with him because the law don't get you in. Christ does. It's going to be a crazy day when Pharisees who thought they knew the Bible and knew it well and, and, and followed all the rules in the Bible and all the laws in the Bible. It's going to be a crazy day when they all go, hold on a second. I did all the stuff the Bible said that for me to do the, in the best way that I, that I could do it. And you know what Jesus is going to say? Away from me, for I never knew you. Did you hear that? Away from me, for I never knew you. So then, pastor, if that's the case, then why talk about sin? Because sin doesn't matter. No, sin does. Sin matters very much. Because when you sin, put it like this. Sin is a signal. When you have sinful thoughts, sinful proclivities, a sinful desire, when it starts creeping up in you, that's not the moment for you to feel guilty about that thought and about that temptation. Sin is just a warning signal. It's a check engine light in the car. It's a, hey, I need to check my soul because my soul hasn't spent enough time with Jesus. So if you're dealing with sin and all of a sudden sinful thoughts are creeping in, 
Rather than feeling guilty, know that your sin has already been paid for and that it's an invitation now to get closer to Jesus so that you would have power over those thoughts that are consuming your mind and your soul. That's how it works. Did you hear me? I'm making it real simple for y'all. I'm trying to keep it as simple as possible. That's how it works. This is not a permission to keep sinning, but a relationship with God gives us power over sin. So check your check engine light. Thirst after him. Father, I thank you. Lord, as you brought us together, Lord, I thank you that you're reminding us today, Lord, that we should always be checking our soul. We should be always checking our soul. We should say, as the psalmist says in Psalm 63, verse 1, that you are my God, that early we will seek you, that early our souls will thirst for you, that early our flesh will long for you. Father, if we're not thirsty for you today, if we're not hungry for you today, if we're not longing for you today, Lord, I just pray right now that you would, Lord, address us, attend to our heart, that we would seek you, that we would chase after you that we would desire you, that we would delight in you, and that you would transform us and transform our hearts. Lord, I thank you for each and every person. Lord, I pray this word will be a blessing. And I say that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you all very much. I want to take a moment just to thank all my Patreon supporters. I thank all of you. If you support me on Patreon, thank you. Actually, I, I was saying this uh, um forgot who I was saying this to a couple, couple of days ago, but I truly see that those of you who support on Patreon, you guys are partners in what we're doing here. So if you're supporting on Patreon, notice, and you know what else I love? I know I, I, sh I messaged you guys yesterday and I asked you guys, you know, would you guys, are you guys okay with me shouting you out? Because I want to shout you guys out. I want to shout you guys out because you guys are partners with me in this. You guys are in this with me. Um, and I love your heart because a lot of you message saying, I really don't care if you shout me out or not. I'm not here for that. I'm just here to support what you're doing. And it's so encouraging to know that there are people who are simply just supporting, saying, yo, we're getting behind this. So I want to say to all of you who are patrons on Patreon, um, I want to say to you that you guys, if we're able to do this, you're a part of that. There are people who are reading the word now, being transformed by it, these Bible studies, all these things that we're doing together. You're part of that. You're part of that. And I, I want to thank you all. Um, if you're interested in becoming a, page, a patron on Patreon, um, just go to patreon.com slash Isaac Frere. Um, patreon.com slash Isaac Frere. Or just go to my website. I just started a blog as well with the, with the podcast. So it's opusfrere.com. Opusfrere.com. I want to encourage you just to join that. And if you can't support, Guys, just coming on, liking the post, sharing the post, all that stuff, um, all of that, guys, all of that encourages me to keep sharing um, the message and keep sharing the, the gospel and keep sharing this time with you. Notice, I want you to pray with me. I want you to read with me. I want you to lead with me. I, I don't want to be a person who's doing it on my own. I want you to do it with me. We are stronger together, family. We are stronger together. Um, Anita, so we were going to have Bible study tomorrow. I got to change the date for the Bible study. And the reason why I have to change the date, I do a Bible study on Patreon, by the way. Um, uh, but I do a Bible study 
Uh, I usually do it on Tuesday, but I have a I have a meeting on Tuesday night. It's an impromptu meeting, um, and so it, it's not fully impromptu. But anyway, I have a meeting, and so I won't be able to make it um, for for Tuesday night. So I'm probably going to be moving it to Thursday night. That's the plan right now is to move it to Thursday night. If not, uh, we'll just move it to next Tuesday. But uh, we're about to hit our threshold with the patrons on Patreon, where um, we're going to be moving into weekly very soon. So weekly Bible studies. And so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I wanted to do, I wanted to continue revelation, but we're going to intertwine it because I also want to um, do a Bible study on the church because a lot of things, a lot of what we believe the church is, isn't the church. Um, and so anyway, um, but I will post post updates on Patreon once I get all the information about what my schedule is like this week. So guys, just stay tuned for that. But yeah, if you're interested in supporting guys, be a blessing in any way. Um, just go to opusfair.com. And if you go to opusfair.com, you can click become a patron or you can click just to donate and support what we're doing. But I truly, truly, I, I listen, guys, I know you guys think $10 a month isn't a big deal. It is a huge deal. It is a big deal. It is opening doors for us to do things that we would have never expected, never anticipated. And so I look forward to it. We're writing books now, y'all. Like I'm, it's time for us to write content and write books. And I also want to be, I want to write more discipleship booklets. And I don't want to necessarily charge for those booklets. I want to just provide those. And you guys make that possible. And you guys make it possible for us to do these kind of things. And so I'm excited about that. So anyway, praying through that, building a team for that. And so you guys are making all that possible. So thank you so much, guys. I love you guys. Truly love you guys. Thank you, man. Thank you, Kobe. I appreciate it. Thank you to all of you. Oh, wow. I'm getting updates right now. People becoming patrons. Guys, thank you so much. Truly, thank you so much, guys. Um, it is love. It is all love. And also, if you want to stay connected, um, just text me, okay? I try to text back as many people as I can, but I've added you to my text list once you text me. It just kind of adds you to the list. And right now, it's me texting, um, and I want to stay connected with you guys in that way as well. And I also send texts every morning of the Read and Rant. So text me, 954-231-1848. That's 954-231-1848. And you guys can stay updated and stay connected with us. But guys, um, um, I want to also equip you guys. That's my heart. Um, I'm going to close with that. If you ask me like what, what the purpose of Opus Frere is, what the purpose of the ministry is, it's just to equip you, empower you. Um, maybe we're not here physically together, but if I can provide you resource in any way, in any way, if I can provide you resource in any way um, so that you can do what I do. I don't want you simply to be enamored by what I do, to be honest with you. I want you to do what I do. <laughs> and I believe that. I believe you can do what I do. And I want to see more people lead prayer, even on TikTok, even on the other platforms. I want to see other people do it. Like, I know you guys love the content. You're like, man, I don't want him to feel like I, I'm jacking his style and I'm stealing his stuff and all that. Steal everything. Steal all of it. This stuff is for Jesus, y'all. Like, real talk. Like, I, I just want the word of Jesus Christ to get out. So people are like, you know, I don't. Listen, this is not exclusive to me. I'm here to just empower you to do what I do. Okay? So, guys, um, continue to, to learn more about what we're doing. Oh, the number is 
1848. Oh, and also, um, we still have a few hoodies left. We're in pre-launch. So if you guys are interested in supporting that way as well, go to Jesus Peace, P-E-A-C-E dot store. Um, I might post it on Patreon as well. But um, JesusPeace.store. Um, we got a few more left. We're planning on releasing the brand next um, next year, early next year. Right now, we're just in pre-launch mode. So we're testing out our, all our, our systems and our back-end stuff. So guys, um, I'm just excited. I'm excited for where God is taking us next. And I can't wait to share the vision for Jesus Peace. People are wondering, why does the logo look like that? Um, I have people who've asked me, said, is this black Jesus? It looks like black Jesus. Um, it's not black Jesus. It's just not a white Jesus. <laughs> um, um, it's not black Jesus, but it's not a white Jesus because, you know, again, we want to present a authentic image of who Christ is. And it opens the door for us to have an honest conversation about who Jesus is. And it gives you an opportunity to have a conversation with somebody about Jesus that goes way beyond um, racial presentations of Jesus. Jesus was, um, he, he, he's not identified as white and Jesus was not black. Jesus was somewhere in the middle. And it's, it's amazing to, I can't wait to share more about that. I don't want to get into all of that right now. Um, um, but yes. So anyway, uh, yes, you are conditioned about, yes, there's so much. Oh my goodness. Don't get me started. Anyway, love y'all. See you guys tomorrow. We'll continue on in Psalm chapter 67. God bless you guys. Peace out.